What does a preacher really want? You know, I'm surprised some of you that we do actually prepare. <laughs> Lots of preparation. But ultimately, what we look for is something to take hold in somebody's life and change it for the better. So that's my prayer this morning. Something that will go on here today will just take hold, take root, grow in your life, and change you for the better. And um, right, Jesus is. Now we're going through a series of Jesus is. What do people think of? What is Jesus to you? In fact, what do you think Jesus is all about? And what do you think your life is all about? Let's throw some stuff out. Miracle worker. Miracle worker. Jesus is a miracle worker. Anything else? Savior. Savior. Nice to see you smiling again, Richard. Loving friends. He shows what God is really like. He shows what God is really like. Hand at the back there. Counselor. Counselor. Exciting. He's really exciting. He is really exciting. Anything else? We've had hope. He gives hope. Another hand at the back. Pardon? Friend. He's all these sorts of things. What? Loving. And guys, we can keep on going and going and going. That's how wonderful our Jesus is. But what I'm going to try to do this morning is go perhaps a little bit deeper to the root level. What I think, in many respects, Jesus is all about. Um, I'm going to start with this scripture verse. Can we put it up, please? Really easy to understand this one. <laughs> that's okay. Hoste, it is in Christos. Now that's the original Greek, I hope you understand. Not Welsh. Not Welsh. It's the original Greek. Does anybody know what that's going on about? Because it's wonderful. Right. Let's flip it. But before you flip the next one, what I've done is I've done a literal translation. Well, not I, you guy called Mammoth, who's an expert. I believe I speak Greek. But let's have a look. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new is where? Yeah. It's here. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. The old has passed Behold, the new is here. This is where I think I should just stop. And we should have the conversation. And talk about what God is sowing in the hearts where we read this. I can see people shaking their heads, so perhaps we won't. <laughs> so, let's look at Jesus is the new creation. Jesus is the first fruits of a new humanity. So in the Bible, particularly the New Testament, guys, I'm going to be fairly quick. Is that okay? Because we do want to leave at least 20 minutes at the end for us to pray, meditate, and pray on these things. So I'll be fairly rapid if I can. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ is called the Creator. John 1, in the beginning, there was the Word. And all things came into being through Him. We have it in Colossians, we have it in Hebrews, we have it in Corinthians. Jesus is the creator of all things. And created a wonderful, wonderful world. Come over the next slide. 
This is near where I live. In fact, it's not too far away from where I proposed to Heather, just before I had her hypnotized. <laughs> Look wonderfully. This is the Breton Beacons. Now, in the Bible we find that creation, the theologians say, has kind of three acts. Do you know these three acts of creation? The first one is God just created something out of nothing. Creation ex nihilo. He said, let there be, and there was this seed in mass. Then the second stage is God took hold of this and he began to shape it and mold it. Sea, dry land, animals, all those sorts of things. But there was a third act. Can we put the slide up? And it was called creation tertiary. Third stage creation. And what God did is he created you and me. And he said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to start to take what I have made and I want you to do something with it. So we come up with beautiful things like this, Rochdale High Street. Look at this. Let's go third stage. Jesus, we are his image bearers. And as humans, we also have the wonderful gift of bringing new image bearers into this world. Can we throw the slide up? That's, uh, that's, not, that's, that's my daughter, Fiona. Just like a father. In that she's done absolutely nothing wrong ever. <laughs> She's just full, full of love and joy, this girl. I asked her once, I said, could you just try being naughty? She couldn't do it. <coughs> just pours herself out like a drink. <coughs> now this is the big secret about creation, a third stage creation. It's called love. God said, through a relationship with me, so this is all in Genesis 1 and 2, in, creation, in relationship with me, I want you to love the world into existence. And the love I mean there is your impulse is to protect, to nurture, and to release all the potentials around us so that everything can flourish and find life. Do we get that? Love? Your impulse is to protect and to nurture so that all the potentials of this world can be released so that everything can flourish and find life. That's kind of the definition of biblical love. Can you imagine what life would be like? We taste it, don't we? We see it here. When your impulse is to get the best out of you. To get the best out of you. Where everybody is protected and nurtured so we can all flourish and find life. That's the creative impulse. The creation tertiary primary impulse. So then the Bible tells us how things go. Oh. And it's when we don't follow God's law and way of love. And then what we can do is we can take a beautiful landscape like this and rather protect it and nurture it to bring out all its potentials so everything can flourish and find life. We do things like this. That's what happened in my community. Just completely destroyed it. So a few small people could make it massive amount of money while everybody else suffered. That's not the kind of creation God has in mind. We can take beautiful high streets like Rochdale and we can do this with it. We can totally and utterly destroy it. And believe it or not, little things like this, my beautiful daughter, who I brought into this world, who's exactly like me, <laughs> Could do things like this. 
When she was told she, Heather, she was two years of age. How many kids have you got now, Miss Becky? I'm very forgetful. Two years of age, she decided she'd go in the car and take it for a, a run. And it was straight, she was in it, straight into an alleyway through a fence and smashed into the next house. Do you know I said Fever's never done anything wrong? I'm kind of not intriguing this. <laughs> it kind of challenges my worldview. Puts me into something called cognitive dissonance. Show the next slide, I love the next slide, there she is, it will be as our car has been taken away. She's not even interested, is she? No idea what she's done. Because this is the idea, this is what sin is. It's rebellion from God's laws of love so that we don't protect, we don't nurture, and we don't try and bring the best out so that everything can flourish and find life. What's this next slide? Anybody want that? Sand? Sand. Anything else? Pardon? An eyeball? Yeast? One of the criticisms I have is that I don't share my private life with people that much. So I decided to go really deep and into it. And this is the inside of my body. And you can't get more intimate than that. Can you? I'm sharing with you this morning. This is in fact inside one of my joints. It should be crystal clear. You should be able to see every joint and supporting ligament. When the surgeon saw this, he said, Man, your joints are like a biological swamp. It's basically full of blood and scar tissue and bits of cartilage. And the reason this has happened, there is a point to this, by the way. You'll see what it means to get a beautiful in the end. Okay? There's a point to this. So, too much sport when I was younger. I abused my body and it broke down a bit. So, bits have popped off, joints have become degraded, teeth have been hit out, my nose has been bent, ligaments have snapped. One of the worst things that happened, I got something called a sportsman's hernia. Does anybody know that? Well, can I say it's the best type of hernia to get? It is, because it has the cruelest name. Isn't it? You know, some people get umbilical like hernias. Or high, you know, hiatus hernias, no. Yeah. Like a sportsman's hernia. And what happened, like, you play football and you stretch. Most every footballer gets it. You stretch, a little bit tears, and your intestines pop out. Okay? So that was what I had And seven years ago, I started to have it repaired. Okay? And it was a small hernia, it was a sign of grape, nothing big. So I went in. Had it done, and miracle or miracles, when I came out, it was the size of a golf ball. He completely and utterly messed it up. So embarrassing. One of my memories is walking around Sainsbury's like this, trying to hold my test bangs in. And the worst thing was, the security came up and sort of shot me. What you got down there, fella? Where? Down there. You really don't want to know, so I do want to know. So I said, there you are, mate, found a brat first. <laughs> it was not a happy day. You're wondering where I'm going with this, aren't you? How can I possibly redeem myself? Well, guys, 
The reason I say this is sometimes in life, even with the best intentions, things go wrong. They do. People say, well, hold it against the surgeon. I don't, because when he did it, he was, he was completely drunk at the time. <laughs> really drunk, anything can happen. Things don't work out as you expect. And the one thing about this world is that people know things are out of joint, they're a bit messed up, they don't work, and they try and fix it by not diagnosing exactly what's going wrong with it, and then they make an even bigger mess. Do we understand? Sometimes people know there's something not right, and the world is feverishly trying to work out how we put this thing right, and then when we try and do it, things actually get worse. We've experienced this in our lives. And this is where the link comes in. Jesus Christ is the great physician. And he has come to make everything new. We find that promise in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 64. Christ has come to make all things new. Rivers to flow in the desert. Cities to become places of righteousness. You know what that means? There's no dodgy car salesmen. There's no drug dealers. Where everything works to protect, nurture, and bring out the best. He has come to make all things new. One day I'll be body, praise the Lord. I'll be soaring with the eagles. And he comes to touch our lives so that our lives can be made new. Was that fella? Hoping for a debate. <laughs> <laughs> He's come to make all things new. So what do people think of when they hear that Christ has come to make all things new? Come on. We are a family. What a wonderful man. Rob said he's come to make me new. That's what he's come to do. We find in the Bible that when you look at the life of Christ, everything about him is new creation. Let me just quickly go through a summary of the Gospel of Matthew. He announced good news for the poor. He came and preached freedom to the captives. He fed the hungry. He gave sight to the blind and healed all manner of diseases. He drove out demons. He gave us a wonderful, simplified guide to life, how we should live. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He told us to share with those in need. Can you see this is new creation stuff, guys? To share with those in need. Not that the follow the impulse of meaning we get what I can, irrespective of what goes on around. He calls us to love our enemies, to go the extra mile, to forgive to the uttermost, to give and not count the cost, to not store up treasure on earth, but to use all we have for good in the way here and now. He told us not to be anxious about anything but to put our trust in him. He told us not to condemn people, but to first and foremost work hard to put ourselves right first. He told us to ask and seek for good things, kingdom building things, and not just for our own self-interest. He told us to do to others what we would have them do to us. 
He told us to build a whole of our lives on the words of Jesus and not just a couple of phrases. He told us to give up everything for this way of life, this new way of being. He went out into this world and he calmed storms. He reached out to the despised, the marginalised, the weak and the foreigner. He didn't shirk or shrink back when the going got tough, but he kept going and going. He brought peace, not violence. He brought rest to weary souls. He called, I love this one, he called the children. Those who were normally just on the edge somewhere to come and be included within his kingdom. And he raised the dead. My friends, this is new creation. This is new creation. And he took on evil itself on the cross and defeated it so that we are no longer bound. And then what did he do? He said he was raised again as the first fruits of a new humanity. Christ has come so that we can be made new. Christ has come so that we can bring in the new creation. Let's have the next slide. And the next one. Let me read it again. Can we see it now? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. The old has passed away, the whole, the new is here. And all this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us now the message of reconciliation. So Christ has come into our hearts to make us new from the outside so that we can join him in taking all the broken bits of all the world and uniting them together in him so that everything can flourish and find life. New creation life. Built what? On radical life. So what do you think prevents us from living this new creation life. How long have we got left, Josie? Do you know? Um, Ten minutes, great. So what do you think prevents us from living this new creation life? It's not right, there's lots of answers here. Fear. Fear. Fantastic one. Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. That's not love, is it? It's all about you. What does love do? It seems to protect, nurture, and release the potential of other people so everybody can flourish and find life. And for those who are new to the Christian faith, this is what God wants to renew. He wants to renew you from the inside out so you're no longer living for yourself. But your impulse becomes his impulse to protect, to nurture, and to bring up the best of every single situation you find yourself in so things can flourish and find life. What else hinders us? from becoming this new creation, this Christ-like presence and image here on earth. Scared. Scared of fear. Fear. Not being able to see it. Not being able to see it. Crime. Crime. Pardon? Crime. Crime. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Laziness. Laziness. Busyness. 
Familiarity. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Keep going, guys. So I must meditate on these things after, because these are the things that hold us back. Pardon? Drug dealers. Drug dealers. You know, God's going to deal with drug dealers one day. He is. And you know what? Let's pray that he deals with it now in our city. Yeah? Because we're not called to shirk back from the responsibilities of living in Bradford. We pray and we do the best we can to make all things new. We have an enemy who is a liar and a deceiver and a destroyer. We have an enemy who is a liar and a deceiver and a destroyer. Do you know the one thing that really energizes my prayer life? Is when you realize that's true. Because you pray totally differently. Because you know that a lot of the things that hold us back are the, the voices in our head telling us things we shouldn't be listening to. We need a shield. Anything else? Pride. Pride. God resists the proud, doesn't he? Why? Because their impulse is not for the other, it's for himself. How great they are. Yeah? Shame, guilt. How could God use me? What I, the life I've lived, what I've done. I'm insignificant. Young fellow there. Lust. Yeah. Lust becomes all sorts of shapes, can't it? The lust for power we find in the Bible, the lust for money, the lust for things that are not our own, they can consume us and rob us. Shame. Doubt. Doubt. Do we believe that we can possibly make a difference in this world where things just seem so far bigger and greater than us? Ill health, physical and mental. Ill health. get hold of us and they choke us and they stifle the idea that we are made of God's image, filled with his spirit and, be and become the people who are of the hallmarks of new creation. There's another thing which I find interesting is taking our eye off the ball. And this is the one thing that uh, Paul had to deal with, Peter had to deal with, Paul. We get focused on wrong things. We focus completely sometimes on trivial matters which seem important, but they're not actually that important. They're not the big deal. Something else is the big deal, and they divert our attention, take all our energy to the long grass. Now, Paul had to deal with this, and I understand why. When the Jews came over, uh, in the Jewish tradition, Christ said, Here we are, I am the new covenant. And people wondered, What do we do with all these Old Testament purity laws? Circumcision being one of them. Can anyone remember what Paul said? things that divide us. I've got one particular verse in mind because it's quite stunning. Just throw it up. He said this. Next, next slide, please. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything 
creation is everything. For neither circumcision nor is anything. My friends, a new creation is what? Everything. Us being in Christ, becoming more like Him, so that we protect, nurture, unfold, and release the potentials of everything so that it can flourish and find life, so that we can bring new creation in whatever circumstance we're in. That is what? So how do we judge ourselves as a community and a family? Are we flourishing and finding life in Christ? How do we judge our discipleship? Are we becoming more like Jesus Christ and bringing his new creation? It's about flourishing and finding life. I'll read a bit of Eugene Peterson. Next slide, please. This is how he translates that section. For my part, I am going to boast about nothing but the cross of our Master, Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, I have been crucified in relation to the world, set free from the stifling atmosphere of pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns they dictate. Can't you see the central issue? It's not what you and I do, submit to circumcision, reject circumcision. It is what God is doing, and he is creating something totally new, a new creation a free life, and all who walk by this new creation standard are the true Israel of God, his Amen. chosen people. Amen. Wow. Thank you for That's what it's all about. So as we go into the time of reflection and prayer, I'd like us to think about a number of things. Some of us here, Christ might be calling you to become a new creation in you. And I want you to reflect on that. Is it time to say yes? Can I change my life so that I can be made new? And for the rest of us, I'd like us to think, what's holding us back in certain areas of our lives from becoming a new creation? And let's see if we can start to make a resolution to put those things to death in our lives. Our instinct will be to protect, nurture, so that everything can flourish and find life. And back to the beginning of the whole thing, it all starts a relationship. This is things you cannot do on your own. You need to be connected to God. You need to be connected by Christ. And you need to let His Spirit flood and fill and possess you. So you become more like Christ day by day.
to you about from that. 